Hello and welcome to another episode on Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. There's no need for an intro or small talk. There's only one place to begin. as It's been the talk of the town amongst all the Premier League fans. And that's the madness that occurred in the match between Tottenham versus Liverpool. I will go into too much detail with regards to the game as there's bigger things to discuss. So let's get into it. Tottenham versus Liverpool. First major incident of the game was Curtis Jones' red card. Now, I'll be honest, this incident is the only one that's up for debate. I still believe it was the wrong decision. Curtis Jones, for me, has eyes on the ball and goes in with a strong tackle. But because of the impact of his challenge on Basuma, unfortunately, his foot follows through after making contact with the ball and onto Basuma's ankle. I think a yellow would have been the right call, but based on the new rules that are in place... I can see why it was given as a red card. But then my argument would be Udogi's challenge on Gakpo, um, who he tackled from behind. He also gets contact on the ball, but also follows up and actually hits uh, Gakpo with some real force. And unfortunately for Gakpo, he's in fact broken his ankle due to that challenge and that will keep him out for a couple of months. No one's talking about that apart from myself. So... Make it what what you want in in that challenge there. So for me, overall, the Curtis Jones red card, I think it was harsh, but I can live with it. It's up for debate in terms of how you view the game because in my eyes, the game has gone soft. Uh, These type of challenges were bread and butter over the years and I'm sounding like an old man right now, but that's just how I see the game. Uh, One thing I noticed as well with regards to this Curtis Jones incident was the fact that before the ref walked over to the screen to review the challenge, on he, as he walked over, the screen had a still image uploaded of the moment where Curtis Jones's foot was on top of Basuma's ankle. Now, that seems a bit like premeditated, uh, and subconsciously, that will be in the back of the ref's mind with his decision making. So, when he walked over to the screen, I always knew that the outcome will be red. Now. You don't need to be a psychologist to understand what happened. It was always going to be a red card when you've got the end product in front of you before reviewing the footage beforehand. Update from today, uh, Liverpool did make an appeal for the red card uh, for this Curtis Jones uh, challenge. It was always a long shot for me in my eyes to get that rescinded. It hasn't been rescinded. Um, Curtis Jones will be facing a free match ban. No... Surprised there. Uh, you know who we're dealing with right now. Um, let's get into the next incident. The disallowed goal. Now, where do I begin? A lot to say, so I'll try and keep it short and sweet. When I watched this goal in real time, I was celebrating, clapping nonstop like a beaver. Um, but then when it was under review, I was about to put my hands together to pray to make sure that we got the goal. But before I could even do that, the ref had already waved play on. And the check was complete. Now, I was absolutely gobsmacked in the speed and the manner it happened. It was literally 10 seconds after the goal and then play was waved on. I couldn't believe it, to be fair. For me, it was a clear goal when it happened. And even after watching the replay, even more so. It was so obvious that that was a goal. That was the most shocking thing about the incident was the fact that no lines were shown um, to the public as you can see here, that wasn't shown during the game. So as we're watching on TV, we were just given the footage without these lines. 
But as you can see, clearing day, it is an offside. It's not an offside. He's onside in this manner. So, yeah. It's been the talk of the town, as I mentioned earlier on. But also, I need to point out that I was... To be fair, I'm still in disbelief in terms of why that goal hasn't stood. Um, it's as clear as a goal, um, as you can see. Um, the two referees that were in the VAR office at Stockley Park, for me, better known as Dumb and Dumber, somehow thought the goal had counted and the ref gave the, the goal, which is complete BS. Uh, this is just an excuse to cover their backs. The big screen at the stadium showed that it was being checked. Now, if the ref had given a goal... Would they not have noticed that the scoreline was still nil-nil? They're coming up with all sorts of excuses and I'm not buying it. There's definitely a agenda against Liverpool in my eyes. Uh, but with that in mind, I just have to be honest. The game seems to be losing its integrity right now. I don't have any faith in these officials. For me, they're all corrupt. To move forward, we need more transparency uh, in the game and hold these guys accountable for their actions. If with this matter... I feel like all of them should be sacked. And I'm not even taking a mic right now. To make it worse, Simon Hooper, who I've got a picture of here right now, ended up being a fourth official uh, in the Fulham versus Chelsea game, which took play, place uh, yesterday on Monday. Does this organising have no shame? Because um, when he was under the Microsoft, they still made him become an official in a different match. Absolute joke. Another incident to talk about uh, in the second half uh, as enter, uh, enters Jota, who replaced Gakpo at half-time. He got a yellow card as he tracks back to tackle Udogi, who trips himself and falls to the ground. Now, non-contact was made from Jota whatsoever, and he gets booked. But before the card was even presented, Udogi uh, was giving the gesture that the rest should book him. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that rule that if you do that gesture, you get a straight booking? Or is it just a rule for Liverpool players because it's happened to McAllister? He's gotten booked before in the past. Doesn't seem to apply to anyone else in the Premier League. Make it what you will. Um, had the ref decided to follow the law, uh, Udoi would probably have been given a second yellow as he was booked earlier on in the game. So this is the, the moment I'm referring to right now. This is what he was doing on the floor, but no punishment was given to him. So Jota, for me, should not have received the yellow card for that incident. No contact made whatsoever. But then a minute later, Jota has a rush of blood and fouls the doggy. Now, 100% that was a bookable offence and a stupid moment from Jota. You should have known better not to make that kind of tackle after receiving a yellow card. That left Liverpool with nine men and unfortunately in the last minute of the game, we considered an on-go through Joe Matip. So, speaking about the performance, overall, I was actually very pleased with how Liverpool played. Being down to 10 men, then 9 men, the togetherness of this team is quite amazing and the mentality of the guys is unmatched. So, despite the loss, the players should walk up with their head held high, in my opinion, because they did fantastically over the course of the game. Tottenham, they get the win in the end. Lazy Luck was definitely on their side. Because they couldn't break Liverpool down. They didn't create a volume of chances. They didn't outplay us. They didn't stretch the team. Liverpool were in control and looked like they were going to leave with at least a point. But for Liverpool, it wasn't to be. 
a lot of people have been asking me in terms of what should be done to rectify this disallowed goal in the match. Should it be replayed or should Liverpool get a point? The replay one is actually an interest, interesting point as something like this happened uh, in the US and I think Howard Webb was responsible for that. But he's a United fan, so he's not going to give Liverpool that satisfaction, is he? I don't think it's a bad idea to have a replay. But then again, it will open a can of worms going forward. If this happens again, everyone will be calling out for replays on a weekly basis. So, unfortunately, that's the level of refereeing we're dealing with in this country. It's in a poor state. I think we're probably one of the worst uh, in Europe, maybe in the world, to be, to be quite frank. Also, one quick point to rival fans who are saying to us Liverpool fans, oh, get over it. Liverpool always play the victim. These decisions happen to everyone. Um, not in this manner. Nothing like this has happened in this magnitude under VAR. This is by far the worst decision from VAR in any match. Forget Liverpool. Be true to yourself. You'd be fuming if this was to happen to your team. So think about the sport in general. These decisions, for me, are ruining the beautiful game. And something needs to change as soon as possible. It happened this week. So why can't it happen again? And why can't it happen to your team? I want transparency in our game. I want us fans to be able to hear what the officials are discussing during the game, just like they're doing rugby. And I believe they also do that in the NFL. It's not too much to ask as referees are getting away with murder. They're taking no accountability for their actions. They're releasing ridiculous statements. In fact, let me present the statement from BGMOL. And for all the listeners, I will actually read out the statement out loud. So this was a statement that was presented a couple of days ago. PGMOL acknowledges a significant human error. Human error. That is what they've, uh, that's what they've said. Occurred during the first half of Tottenham Hotspur versus Liverpool. The goal by Luis Diaz was disallowed by offside, for offside, sorry, by the own field team of match officials. This was a clear and obvious factual error and should have resulted in the goal being awarded through VAR intervention. However, the VAR failed to intervene. PGMOL will conduct a full review into the circumstances which led to the error. PGMOL will immediately be contacting Liverpool at the conclusion of the fixture to acknowledge the error. Now, to say that they acknowledge a significant human error, but not mention anything about apologising to Liverpool FC, is quite astonishing. Then Liverpool released their statement and it's been labelled as dangerous from an idiot on TV. I won't say his name because you know who it is. The audio was released just a few hours ago and if I'm being brutally honest, it's irritated me even more. It's taken me a couple of days to calm down, so now I'm all the way up. Listening to incompetent officials who knew what was happening is wrong and incorrect, but still chose to action nothing in this game and they allowed the game to proceed. Let's be honest here. The technology is not the problem. It's the people who use it and considering VAR was brought in to provide support for the referees to make the right decisions has actually ended up making the problem even worse. Before I go, I'm just going to say a couple of comments. Firstly, remove this image so you can see my face. <laughs> um, Silent Football Show said, big up, bro, Ozzy. Big up yourself. Thank you for tuning in. Another comment here from Victor Ojima. Thank you for your comment, Victor. I want a rematch. I want a replay as well. But it's one of those things where other fans will be like, well, what about my team? We had this incident, VAR, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, we've lost a league title to one point in the past. 
just to put into context. So you can't just say, oh, leave it, just, you know, scrub it under the rug. It's not a big deal. If we lose the league title to one point or two, three points again, this will be the reason why we didn't the league, win the league, in my opinion. So 100% it has to be uh, replayed, in my opinion. But look, they've already given Curtis Jones a red card in terms of a free match uh, suspension. I'm not expecting anything from um, this organization, unfortunately. And there will be no replay. We'll just be made an example. And yeah, let's see how it goes because if other teams get it, I'm not hearing it from rival fans because Spurs fans especially have been shameless and they're just like, oh, get on with it, you know, just because you lost. If you watch the game, you know the magnitude of the game. We were so, by far, the better team. Even with 10 men, 9 men, we were better than, better than you guys. You guys couldn't break us down. An own goal gave you the victory. Nothing to do with how great you were as a team. So all this, you know, big annuals doing miracles. Yes, you guys were rubbish last year. So obviously you're doing a lot better than what was presented. So say how you will in, in that case. But yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating to say the least. Another comment here from Victor. It's so silly. Rival fans call us Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. They need to grow up. Um, but yeah, it is what it is in that regard, I guess. Um, Let's move on to the next game because um, I will be here all night talking about this uh, VAR stuff because it's certainly rattled me, um, as you can probably tell by my energy today. Madison Smith, thank you for your comment, Madison. Um, very fortunate for Liverpool. They had an opportunity to top the table. Now, depending if Man City don't get all three points over the weekend, Spurs have an opportunity to top the table uh, with the softer part of their coming up. Yeah. It's a big one. I think if we'd got the three points there, then I think it would have just put Liverpool in a great position going forward. Because for me, we're in a in the mix right now. We're in the top half. So it would only have helped where you just keep on focusing, looking ahead rather than looking behind in terms of who, who's behind you in, in terms of the teams. Um, but look, some big games coming up. Arsenal, Man City. You know, I'll was, I was speak about it in further detail during the show. Uh, we've got Brighton coming up as well. It's not an easy fixed job, but obviously they got battered by Aston Villa, so their confidence might be low. So, yeah, interesting, interesting match week coming up. So, yeah, we'll, we'll speak about it later in the show. Let's speak about one of the surprising results, and that was Wolves versus Man City. Now, Wolves ended Man City's 100% record, so no more invincible talk from City fans, and I'm sure Arsenal fans like Madison will be pleased that... Um, because it's the only thing that Arsenal fans are holding on to to separate themselves from the rest. But what a result for Wolves. I told you guys in terms of City struggling without Rodri, who's currently suspended. He's the glue that holds this team together. But let's talk about some of the match highlights. So in the first half, Haaland had a chance as Nunes uh, hits a low cross from the left, but Haaland completely misses the ball as he slides through onto the ground. Doku also has a shot from the left wing, but his shot was wayward and missed the target completely. But it was Wolves that broke the deadlock through. Neto, as he breezes past Foden and Ake, got a bit lucky with the cross as they hit Diaz on the way. On goal for him, but what a run from the Wolves winger. And to be fair, it's good to see him playing in this type of form as he's had a torrid time the last two, two years with injuries. Looks like he's rediscovering his best form now. So, 
if he continues playing like this, he'll move to a big club next summer, in my opinion. Uh, Liverpool wouldn't be a bad fit. Just saying it. I think he would really excel in, in our team. Um, but that's another conversation for another day. Man City hit an equaliser for an Alvarez free kick now. I didn't know he had that in his locker. I know he was a lethal striker. I watched him before he joined uh, Man City from River Plate. But this guy can seem to do everything. What a shot it was. Jose Sao, on the, mean, on the other hand, might have thought he should have done better uh, as he got a hand on the ball. But nevertheless, I thought it was a great strike. Wang Hee-chan gets the winning goal from the six-yard box and gives Wolves their second win of the season. Man City still remain top of the league as Liverpool weren't able to capitalise and get the three points during the weekend. As I mentioned earlier on, big game coming out this Sunday against Arsenal and City will not be um, will not have Rodri due to suspension. So Arsenal have a big opportunity to take advice and steal the three points. Speaking of Manchester, let's speak about the red half of Manchester. They lost 1-0 to Crystal Palace, another defeat at Old Trafford. And this time it was in the hands of Palace. But in terms of the games, United had their moments. Hoyland was very close to scoring as he goes through on goal. Tries to dink it over the keeper, but just didn't have enough pace as it was cleared off the line by Mitchell. Tyron, uh, Mitchell's that is, sorry. But Palace scored an unbelievable goal from a set piece. It wasn't Eze or Elise. It was their centre-back, Anderson, who smashed in a volley into the back of the net and what a finish it was. Fernandez in the second half had a great chance on goal which was saved by Johnston. Will Hughes also has a shot from distance saved by Onana. Tyron Mitchell almost scored an own goal late in the game but luckily for him his touch went away from goal. So overall a great win for Crystal Palace and fully deserved. That's United's fourth defeat of the season. Only seven games played. That's three wins and four losses. It's not looking good for the Red Devils. They need to pick up some form very quickly as team around them are notching up points and they'll be left behind. And speaking of getting left behind, that's exactly the case for Jaden Sancho, unfortunately, who looks like he's been frozen out of the first team. And it's been reported today that he will be either loaned out or sold in the next window, which is in January. It may seem like a shame to some of us, but for me, the sooner he leaves, the better chance he has to resurrect his career. As United have tried to kill his potential, trust me, there's a quality player there. He'll be back in the future playing some of his best football again. I'm hoping anyway for his own good. But things aren't looking great. We've just finished the Champions League night and they've also just lost to Galatasaray. So more pressure is piling up on Ten Hag, or as Liverpool fans call him, Seven Hag. On to the next game, Aston Villa versus Brighton, which concluded 6-1. Now, what a crazy scoreline that was. Very unexpected, as you don't see Brighton get blitzed the way they did against Villa. Let's talk about the goals. Watkin opens the scoreline with a tap-in. Great low cost by Matty Cash, who seems to be in great form so far this season. Watkins gets his second as he runs down the left channel. Cuts in and hits a low shot in the bottom corner. For me, keeper should have done a lot better. and It was a team effort. Brighton uh, give... Villa hands with a crazy on goal from the left back Stupian. Um, but then they got the consolation goal through one of their signings, Ansu Fati, which I'm sure Brian fans will be excited to see him um, with more weeks to come. Watkins gets his hat trick with a deflected shot in the back of the net. 
he won't care how he scores all of these goals as long as he gets the point for his team and also he'll be leaving the the match with the match ball Ramsey gets the fifth goal with a lovely finish outside the box and Douglas Louise calmly stops the ball in the bottom corner to make it six now what a great win that is for Villa who I'm sure will be buzzing after this victory Brighton don't need to roll up their socks and go again as they play Liverpool later on this week I know they've got Europa League uh, fixture as well so games are coming thick and fast Next game, Bournemouth versus Arsenal. Arsenal, back to winning ways after flashing Bournemouth in their backyard. Um, Saka opens the scoreline with a header, which is a rare moment for him, but you can tell he enjoyed, enjoyed that one. And Ketia is fouled in the box from his run on the left wing. Penalty given. Odegaard steps up and slots in the bottom corner. But then flip side, this time around, Odegaard is fouled in the box. And then Another penalty is given. At that point, I'm thinking, what's, what are Bournemouth playing at? Giving away silly penalties. But instead of Odegaard, Havertz steps up to take the penalty. He hits the bottom corner and scores his first goal for Arsenal. So, great moment for him there. <clears throat> Odegaard hits a free kick and Ben White leaps in the air to score the header to make it 4-0 to the Gunners. Now, three points on the board that puts Arsenal in first spot. Joint with Tottenham for now second. Now, in terms of other games, Everton lost 2-1 uh, to uh, Luton at Grinton Park. So, well done to Luton. That's their first win of the season. So, a nice moment for them. Newcastle beat Burnley 2-0, which is kind of customary. I think that was expected. West Ham beat Sheffield United 2-0. From last week's result, you might have thought that would have been a bigger scoreline, but West Ham still got the win. Nine and Forest Brentford was a tough uh, encounter for both teams. It ended 1-1. Surprise, surprise. Chelsea, a.k.a. Billy FC, get their first win. 2-0 uh, against their rivals, Fulham. So, that's, that's for you. Oh, I'm not going to say well done, but, you know, Chelsea got a win there in the end. And then Luton versus Burnley, which was played almost a couple of hours ago. I believe Burnley won 2-1 against Luton. So, so yeah, that is the wrap-up in terms of my Match Week 7 review. Before I conclude, I will announce the FPL Managers of the Week. And that goes to Nims Jeans. And your team name is Mtego Huo. Hopefully I've pronounced that properly. And you have obtained 91 points this week. And you're actually climbing up the table to fourth. So well done to you. Great match week for you. In terms of my performance, I've dropped to 71st, which is shocking uh, from my side. So I certainly need to fix up. While I do now, I quickly share the league table and then we can see who's in the top five. So as you can see, we've got a new leader on the board. It's Kinder Embremo. That is Jake Harrison's team. So he is top um, with just four points difference. And then that unfortunate result to Bamokun with the team Rum Punch to second place. Nana Sare maintains his position in first spot. Then you've got Nims Jeans, who was our FPL Manager of the Week as well. He's moved up to fourth. And then you've got a flying hobo, a hobo's FC, <clears throat> moving up to fifth spot. So this is how the FPL League is looking right now. Um, and that's the conclusion of our show. So thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you to... Sideline Football Show, Victor Jomo and Madison Smith for your comments. Appreciate your contribution as always. 
If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe. In terms of up upcoming content, next show will be tomorrow as I do a match for Liverpool's Europa League fixture. And then I'll proceed to do a match reaction of that game on Thursday night. But I will also be doing a match preview of Liverpool's upcoming game against Brighton in Premier League. So that's two shows on Thursdays. Um, so yeah, so make sure to hit the notification bell and also follow me on social at AussieFTP on Twitter or Aussie.FTP on Instagram, threads and TikTok. So thank you as always, guys. Take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very soon. Goodbye.